You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Welcome in. It is Sparky's Midday Madness here on The Fan, live from the G. Wagner Plumbing Studio. Steve Sparky Fiber with you. Dan Plucker, executive producer, other side of the glass as we get ready for a Memorial Day weekend. Three-day weekend for a lot of you. Not for Dan Plucker, though. He'll be here running best of the Wendy's Big Show, 10 to 2 on Monday. But then, are you going to the Tigers game on Monday and Tuesday, or you're just going on Tuesday, well, right? Well, Monday the game is... It's dur- a day game, right? It's a day game, so yeah. it's during the big show. I won't be able to make it to that one, yeah. but Tuesday evening, Tigers are in town. I'll be I'll be seeing my Tigers play the Brewers. So you're going Tuesday night. So yes. Monday, uh, 10 to 2 best of the Wendy's big show with Dan Plucker, and then Tim Allen and Evan Heffelfinger uh, will be here for the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin post-game show once that Brewers-Tigers game is done on Monday afternoon. Now... Coming up on today's show, I, I will admit to you um, a couple of things. One, uh, as I said yesterday, I had no idea that Dan Plucker uh, and Mitch Rosen and Robin McLaugh had concocted the show that they did yesterday for my birthday, having all these people call in. And again, forever grateful and thank you for that. That was amazing. Uh, but in my brain, for the last two or three days, I've been wrestling with wanting to get Jim Callis on from MLB Pipeline because I love talking about drafts, whether it be the NBA draft, the NFL draft, the MLB amateur draft, whatever. And have really wanted to talk to Jim Callis. And finally, this morning, I, I gave in uh, to my wanting to have Jim Callis on. And I finally reached out to Jim Callis to see if I could get him. Uh, and I was able to track down Jim Callis. So we'll talk to him in about 10, 12 minutes uh, for right now. I'm very excited to talk to Jim Callis from MLB Pipeline. And that that is completely self-serving. So if you're not entertained by the amateur draft. I'm sorry, but I am. So we're going to talk with Jim Callis. Uh, and then we'll also hear from Mike Budenholzer uh, coming up as well, as he talked a little while ago, as the Bucks get ready for their Game 4 uh, against the Miami Heat tomorrow, 1230 tip for that one uh, in South Beach. For the first few minutes of the show, before we get to Jim Callis and Budenholzer, and then Rami Makhlouf uh, will be in here at the end to uh, promote his show coming up, featuring Leroy Butler at 3 o'clock. Um... I wanted to talk a little bit about, because we haven't done it on the Wendy's Big Show, about what's going on uh, around sports in general with the uh, craziness of fans right now at, at sporting events. So first, let's start talking about uh, fans and athletes, right? 
Trey Young allegedly spit on. That's ridiculous. Uh, Russell Westbrook, uh, popcorn popped all, or dumped all over him as he was walking off with an injury uh, by a Sixer fan. No, again, let's be honest. We're not all that surprised that a Sixer fan dumped popcorn on him, are we? It's Philly fans kind of expected at this point uh, as far as the history of Philly fans go. But, but that is kind of what it's been. The response by both organizations was to pretty much ban said person, revoke season tickets, ban person from a sporting event going forward. I don't know what else you could possibly do to punish said person other than what they've done. You know, the the average fan sits in the stands and thinks that they are uh, untouchable. They think that no matter what I do, no matter what I yell and no matter what I say to a player, they're not coming up into the stands after me. You know, they may flip me off. And if they flip me off, then I get a reaction and it was a win. I got in their head, right? Or maybe they'll shake their fist at me. Again, that's a win. I got in their head. And that's how fans view it. And then you have fans, because they can't just stop at the yelling and screaming, uh, they then have to go another step further to try and further uh, degrade a person that is playing a professional sport. And it, it gets to the point where it's almost like people forget that they are watching human beings. Like they, they forget that these are real people with real emotions. Like the dude that dropped popcorn all over Russell Westbrook, right? If that dude was sitting in a bar and... Dan Plucker walked up to that dude and dumped a drink over that dude's head. Do you think that dude would probably want to fight Dan Plucker? Probably. If Dan Plucker walked up to that dude and dumped a plate of food over that guy's head, do you think he'd want to fight Dan Plucker? If Dan Plucker walked into that bar and dumped a full container of popcorn over that guy's head in Philadelphia, do you think he'd want to fight Dan Plucker? I would say yes on all three occasions. And I would say probably in 95% or higher of the situations, there would be a fight between said dude that had stuff dumped on him and the person that dumped it on him. Less than 5% probably would actually walk away and not do anything. So now, this dude who pours popcorn on Russell Westbrook knows that there's no way Russell Westbrook is climbing the stairs, hopping over a fence or a guardrail or whatever, coming up up to the, his seat, and is just going to beat the tar out of him. He knows that there's no way that's going to happen. Because a couple of different things here. One, if that were to occur, if he got to him, other people would try to pull Russell Westbrook off of this dude. Security would pull Russell Westbrook off of this dude. And he might get punched once or twice. But that would be it. And Russell Westbrook would probably be made to look like the bad guy, the guy that's out of control and can't control his emotions. And that is how it went down with Malice in the Palace in Detroit. 
The NBA players like Ron Artest were deemed crazy and nuts and everything else for going into the stands. The fan themselves who did the derogatory things and said or did things along those lines, nobody talks about them years later. Nobody even knows their names or anything having to do with them. You say Ron Artest, a majority of people will say Malice in the Palace. Steven Jackson, his name will come up too. That's what people think. They don't remember the fan that did it. They remember the player that lost their cool and went up there. I don't know how to fix the problem. I have no idea how to fix the problem. I don't know if you can fix the problem. I, I really don't, other than just eliminating fans. You know, I, I don't know what else you can do because you're going to revoke these dudes' tickets and you're not going to allow them to go to another game. Now, people around the country are going to read the story. They're going to see it on social media. They're going to understand what the consequences were for what that dude did. And you mark my words, before the end of the baseball season or the end of the playoffs or whatever, you will have somebody else do the same crap. Somebody will get onto the field and take their clothes off and go streaking across the field. Then they'll be ticketed, say a $500 disorderly ticket or whatever the case is. And what changes? Nothing. Because somebody else will do it in another park. Somebody may do it at the same stadium you were just at after some guy just got nailed for it the day before or the week before or the month before or the season before. And stop. People are going to act stupid and crazy regardless for the most part of what the penalty is. So when you see this stuff, you get frustrated. You feel bad for the players that are involved in it of of being treated this way. And then everybody wants to talk about, well, how do we fix it? What's the solution? And if you've listened to me long enough, you know that that's what I'm about, right? Who's to blame, get rid of the problem, fix the problem, and let's move forward. Don't allow the problem to repeat itself if you can eliminate it. That's always my philosophy. I don't think there's a way to eliminate this problem. I don't. I don't think there's a way to eliminate fans from acting like idiots going forward. Now, in Philadelphia where that happened, yeah, sure, you could put some plexiglass or something up in between the the seats and the covering where Russell Westbrook walked through to allow the fans not to be able to drop anything on players. So that situation can be remedied immediately. They they could have fixed it that night to make sure that never happens again in that arena. Sure. But from the aspect of you know, people running onto the field, people yelling at guys, people spitting on guys, that's the absolute worst thing you possibly could do, in my opinion, spitting on somebody. Uh, th- that, that aspect, if you're close enough to the action, that's still going to be a possibility. And teams aren't going to stop selling, you know, tickets as close to the court as possible. And as people are walking out of the arena, right, as a player, you have all those people, even at, you know, Pfizer Forum, that are within spinning distance, I guess you could say, of a player walking by them to go back to the locker room. Again, I don't know how you fix that. I'm going to put up plexiglass going all the way up both sides. Uh, It's going to look stupid. But I guess that's one way to fix it. But for the most part, I just don't know if you can fix stupid. Maybe stating the obvious at this point 
Uh, and it is a sad state of affairs uh, that we continue to have this conversation. And we've had this conversation for my entire life, 45 years old. I'm having this conversation when I was a kid. I remember my mom and dad complaining about this type of stuff. And, and here we are today. We're still having the conversation about stupid people. Crazy. Uh, Something that's not stupid. Very, very smart. Jim Callis, MLB Pipeline, will join us. Coming up next, we're going to talk about the amateur draft uh, that's not so far away and the Brewers who pick right there in the middle of the amateur draft. And could there possibly be a first or a third baseman that they might actually be able to get their hands on finally? And does Jim Callis like the philosophy of David Stearns and the Brewers front office as far as how they go about approaching the amateur draft year to year. We'll ask him all of that and more. Coming up, Sparky's Midday Madness here on The Fan. Welcome in, Sparky's Midday Madness on 12.50 a.m. The Fan, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer with you. Dan Plucker, executive producer, other side of the glass. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's Rami Makhlouf. The Rami Show comes up at 3 o'clock, taking you up until 6 o'clock. And, of course, Brewers in D.C. tonight take on the Nationals. Tim Allen will be here. Like he has been for what, the last 16 seasons, I guess he's been doing that show now. Fellow Windows and Doors of Wisconsin post game show, driven by Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove tonight after Brewers and Nationals. But again, rain in the forecast. Not sure if they're going to be able to get that game in or not. Joining us now from MLB Pipeline, he is Jim Callis on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Jim, thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Oh, yeah, no problem. Glad to be here. Uh, okay, so I, I, I've been itching uh, to talk uh, some amateur draft with you, and you're obviously the best one in, in the biz uh, to talk about it. And I, I want to get your take first on the on the Brewers in general. You know, they draft in the middle of the first round. And, and the Brewers' philosophy, well, for the, since David Stearns, I guess, has been here, has been kind of drafting, you know, these guys that are uh, up the middle of the field, shortstop, second baseman, center fielders, and then just figuring it out later as far as where they can play and moving them around. Meanwhile, this farm system is just vacated on first and third base prospects uh, for the most part. And you go back to the, the Doug Melvin years, you know, you draft a brawn, you draft a fielder. They were drafting corner infielders. As far as that philosophy goes, do you like the Brewers' philosophy as far as maybe not taking those type of positions earlier in the draft? 
You know, I, I think a lot of it too may just be what's there when you're picking, to be honest with you. Um, you know, a lot of your guys who play corner infield spots in the big leagues uh, were, you know, middle guys, you know, at the amateur level. So I don't know that's that there's so much uh, ignoring those things. I mean, it's funny. I mean, the, the Prince pick when they made it got panned pretty wildly because they, they took him at number seven and, and Prince, you know, wasn't exactly the most body beautiful guy. And even though he had the bloodlines, people wondered about it a little bit. Um, you know, I think when you're picking, you know, and for the most part, they've picked pretty low, you know, the last three years, you know, in the twenties, you kind of let, you know, have to let what's there come to you. Um, you know, so I, I don't, you know, I don't think they'll force a guy up if that makes sense. Right. That, that, that plays a middle infield position. You know, I, now that said, <laughs> you aren't going to get a first baseman or a third baseman. I know. This I year because there aren't any. There aren't yep. any. I mean, there's, there's nobody who merits going at 15, even even ahead of them, unless you're you know talking about moving one of the high school shortstop to third base or something. But um, yeah, I, I think you know when you're picking in the middle of the draft, you know you got to focus on you know really you know who you think the best player is, and then take advantage when that pick comes to you. So it's I, I don't think you'll see. That that first base, third base stuff uh, addressed. Although, I mean, the nice thing, you know, as you know, is you know that they have a supplemental first round pick yep. here at thirty three. So, you know, maybe they can they, they could be in position to take. Uh, I really like Isaac Pacheco, who who's going to be a third baseman, high school kid from Texas, and he should go around there. So, so maybe we can get you Isaac Pacheco at pick thirty three. That would be fine. I would be happy with that. I just want somebody that can hit with some pop that can play first or third. You know, Lucas Ursig was a guy for the Brewers that we had high hopes for. Um, and that kind of fizzled out and never really kind of panned out first base. They really haven't had anybody at first base uh, for quite some time now. I guess Cooper, Garrett Cooper might be the last one, um, and he's moved on uh, since that whole thing uh, played out. When you talk about the Brewers, the other thing you talk about, obviously, is pitching. And a lot of these mock drafts that I'm seeing in the middle of the first round have them projected to take a pitcher one way or the other. I, I want your professional opinion on this, Jim Callis. If I told yeah, you I had a prospect, I had a, I have a pitching prospect, right? I'm not going to name names, but I have a pitching prospect that throws really hard but has some uh, control issues, or I have a pitching prospect that has good control but doesn't throw all that hard, which one would you be more likely to want? Well, if we're, we're, we're speaking relatively, man. Relative. I'm assuming the guy yep. who th- throws strikes isn't throwing like 86 miles an hour. No, like 92, I, I 93. T- yeah, I, I would take that guy. I mean, again, I don't think there's ever – only one answer, and you can just, you know, there's a definitive statement, you know, when you're scouting, because there's always a bunch of things to consider. But, but I do know the, the, the longer I've covered this stuff, for, for a position player, if I could have to focus on one tool, it would be a hitting ability. It wouldn't be power or speed or defense. And if it were pitchers, it would be strikes over any particular pitch, because I, I think the hitting and the throwing of strikes – demonstrates aptitude and, and i think i mean you see those guys get to the big leagues more i i've seen plenty of guys who throw hard wind up disappointing you because they, they can't pitch well enough and and honestly i mean one thing it's kind of a catch-22 the harder guys throw it just seems like the more likely they are to blow out you know especially starting pitchers i mean if you look at the list of the hardest throwing starting pitchers in the big leagues over the last 10 years I think like two thirds of them had Tommy John surgery, and you know Noah Syndergaard just had a setback the other day. He might throw as hard consistently as any starter in the big league. So, so even from that standpoint, throwing really hard, even if you throw strikes, uh, is a little scary. I mean, you, you you want guys to throw hard, but they break down a lot too. 
And the other part about this, too, is the whole notion of, and we've talked about this over the course of time, college pitchers versus high school pitchers. Uh, as far as, you know, the longevity, I mean, we, we've seen the Brewers over the course of time, J.M. Gold, Nick Nugelbauer, and guys like that that you take that are high school players that uh, that eventually just end up breaking down and being hurt and never really turn out to be what you want. College pitchers-wise, I think you have a better chance of getting them to the majors maybe injury-free more so than high schoolers. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have a bias one way or the other. That I do agree. I think because the high school guy, I mean, the college guys, you have three years more information on them. And if they've been hurt, you're probably less likely to take them high. I, I agree with the statement that you're probably, you probably get more of those guys to the big leagues. In terms of how good they wind up being, uh, I'm not really sure. You know, beyond, to me, talent's talent. And, and to be honest, a lot of times these, these pitchers who wind up being so-called college pitchers, right. you know, I mean, the two most famous pitchers in this year's draft, who are it's Jack Leiter and Kumar Rocker. Yep. Well, well, both those guys could have had first-round money out of high school. They just didn't want to sign. It, it wasn't like you know, college had turned them into anything. And, and then, you know, I mean, you know, I look at you know, first-round picks by the Brewers. Nathan Kirby didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Taylor Youngman didn't work out. Jed Bradley didn't work out. Eric Arnett didn't work out. Yeah, we get it. We get it. We get it. We get it. And Jake Odorizzi was pretty good. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, to me, yes, I, I think they're safer, but I don't know that they're necessarily better. You have a better chance of getting the guy to the big leagues, but in terms of being a good big leaguer, I don't think there's a big difference. Uh, his brother just got uh, called up to the majors with the Cleveland Indians, and now he uh, himself is draft eligible. Noah Miller. Uh, I love Noah Miller. <laughs> coming out of Wisconsin. Where do you see him going, and how do you see him projecting? I think he probably goes in the second round. Um, you know, it's weird. This is a draft, I think, because of the pandemic. You know, we don't have a lot of – you know, the college guys just haven't played as much, especially with Woodbats in the Cape Cod League and the Northwoods League and Team USA and those types of things. And for whatever reason, you know, and I also think you just have to factor in it's tough after layoff. You know, there aren't, if you, right now, if you're trying to come up with 29 guys who are consensus first-round picks for 29 choices, there aren't any. So if you, if you, I don't think Noah Miller's going to sneak in the first round, but he can really hit. He can play shortstop. He's a switch hitter. Um, you know, he's not going to be a slugger, but he's not a little slappy guy. I mean, right. I think it's 15 to 20 homer power. His instincts, his makeup are off the charts. Uh, you know, if you told me that he snuck into the first round for somebody at the end of the first round, I, I could see it because I think he's in that kind of group of, say, I don't know, you know, probably more towards the bottom half. But, like, some of those guys are sneaking into the first round. I, I really like him. I think he's a second-round pick. Um yeah, he would be. He'd be great. I, I he's one of my favorite high school players in the draft, and and literally every area scout I talk to loves that guy. Not that the area scout gets to make the final say, but I, I mean, I, I literally have not talked to anybody who does not just love Noah Miller as a player. That's awesome. There you go. He is uh, our guy Jim Callis uh, again. MLB Pipeline. Check out all of his great work. He'll be the the the, the king of the amateur draft as we get closer, and we'll sh- I'm sh- be sure to have you on again, Jim. Thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Hey, no problem. Great talking to you as always. Thanks you betcha. Take care. There he is, Jim Callis, MLB Pipeline on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. If applying for a home renovation loan, as you're feeling anxious, breathe. When Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of tranquility, get started at GreatMidwestBank.com. I love talking to Jim Callis. Like I, I literally, I'm pretty sure could do a daily show with Jim Callis uh, and would have more than enough to talk to Jim Callis about day in and day out. And now that my kids. You know, involved in youth baseball. Now I got even more info than maybe I had 
before as far as how this whole process works and so forth. All right, coming up next, Coach Bootenholzer uh, talked a little bit earlier today uh, as uh, they were reminiscing back to what happened last night, the Bucks manhandling uh, the Miami Heat as they get ready for game number four, maybe the final game of the series. Bucks may get a sweep here. Uh, it's it's possible. And the Miami Heat do not figure out how to rebound the basketball uh, at a better rate than they did the last couple of games. Uh, this thing could be over tomorrow afternoon. That game tips uh, tomorrow at 1230, uh, and then they get to wait a few days before they have to deal with uh, the Brooklyn Nets uh, in starting round number two. But I think if you are a member of the Bucks organization, you just want to get this done with, right? You want to get this done with tomorrow afternoon, fly back to Milwaukee, and get a couple of days of uh, rest and relaxation a little bit, get everybody rejuvenated and ready to take on the Brooklyn Nets. That's best-case scenario. Worst-case scenario you stub your toe, you lose. You have to come back and play another game a couple days later uh, in Milwaukee, end it there, hopefully, uh, and then get ready for the Nets. But again, best case, you get some more rest for Giannis and some of these other guys. Uh, and now, in this case, with Dante DiVincenzo being hurt, if you did not hear, uh, with a tendon injury and he's lost for the rest of the postseason, uh, now you have to get uh, some additional time in for whoever you decide is going to be starting uh, in place of Dante DiVincenzo, whoever that may be. And then on top of that, if you're going to add somebody to the rotation that's not playing, so Jeff Teague really hasn't played all that much. If Jeff Teague now is going to start getting you know 15 to 20 minutes a night, you got to get him up to speed uh, as well as far as what that rotation is going to look like. So the additional practice time, I think, uh, could help too as you get ready for the second round of the playoffs. Again, got to beat the Heat first tomorrow. We'll hear from Coach Budenholzer coming up next, Sparky's Midday Madness here on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Welcome back, Wendy's Big Show. 
It's not actually. It's Sparky's Midday Madness. I was bound to do that again. So there you go. Sparky's Midday Madness. Steve Sparky Fiverr with you. Leroy Butler, as you just heard, coming up on Rami's show starting at 3 o'clock. We'll hear from Mike Bootenholz. we got some breaking news. On the fan, powered by Odyssey.com Sports, presented by BetQL. Become a better sports better. Get smarter to beat the books. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com. Today, Dan Plucker with the breaking news. Yeah, Nationals manager Dave Martinez just announced that tonight's game between the Brewers and Nationals has been postponed until tomorrow. It will be a 2 o'clock and 7 o'clock doubleheader tomorrow. 2 o'clock, and so, is that Central or Eastern Standard? Uh, that would be Eastern time. So 1 and 6 here. This is from a Nationals reporter. Right. So, so 1 and 6 o'clock time. So that game's going to go to 4. So a day-night doubleheader, essentially. So you'll essentially have 1 to 4 uh, and then 6 to 9 or something along those lines. So there you go. That is the news out of D.C. Day-night doubleheader tomorrow. Uh, 1 o'clock and 6 o'clock start times for both Brewers games uh, tomorrow, so adjust your schedule accordingly. We will see if they can get those in because I did not look at the forecast for DC uh, for tomorrow yet. But like I said earlier, Tom Hardcore is making it sound like it's going to rain all weekend in DC. So we'll see what happens uh, with that one. All right. So Mike Budenholzer uh, talked to the media a little bit earlier today after finding out about uh, Dante DiVincenzo's tendon injury that he is out for the remainder of the postseason. Uh, and this is how we went with Coach Budenholzer everything's going great. You're up 3-0 and then you got the gut punch of Dante and, you know, the best season of, of his career coming to a premature end, obviously. Just what does that do emotionally? And I guess, how do you, how do you process that news? Yeah, no, it's tough news. It's, um, you know, on an individual personal level for Dante, um, it's really, really tough. Uh, but, you know, his, his mentality, his approach, Anytime Dante's um, thrown some adversity or thrown something that's, um, you know, difficult uh, for himself or for everybody, the way he handles it is just continues to be impressive every time. And um, and, and same for our group. Um, it's a tough blow, but, um, you know, you got to kind of process it and, um, you know, understand it's, it's an unfortunate thing, but uh, we got to prepare and get ready. And, um, you know, other guys will have opportunities and uh, we got to continue to move forward. The, were you sort of prepared for the word today? Did you get an idea last night that it might be something not good? Um, not really. I mean, there was there was some hope that you know it was it was just uh, you know not not um, significant and that he might miss you know a small amount of time. So there was uh, we did not know um, that that uh, that the MRI would show what it did today, and um, yeah, so just got to deal with it. Thanks, bud. Yep. Jim Ozarski. Well, uh, along those lines, Mike, um, what, I mean, is, is it natural just to think that Jeff might see more time or to, to kind of keep your second unit uh, that you've had kind of in their roles? Like, how, how do you, have you thought, or like, made any decisions on that, I guess, at, at this point? No, we haven't made any decisions. You know, we've had conversations um, and thoughts about it. Um, so, you know, we'll just, you know, we got the rest of the afternoon and tonight and, um, you know, before tomorrow, we'll have to make some final decisions. But, you know, the depth of the roster, the quality of the players, um, you know, Jeff Teague, you know, his ability to step in and play and help us, um, you know, certain something, something that, you know, gives us confidence. And, um, you know, everybody's got to be ready to go. Um, if you're in a uniform, you got to be ready. Eric, name? 
how do you, I mean, how do you try to help Dante through it? Like just one foot was bad at the start of his career. And now it's the other one. And it's not necessarily like, you know, like this big, huge injury. It's just these small things that just seem to be, you know, he's snake bitten. Like how, how do you try to help him through that? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's just, it's part of life. You know, there's going to be bumps in the road and there's going to be things that happen and how you handle them. And again, um, you know, he continues to impress, you know, myself, the, you know, his teammates, coaching staff, his, his kind of demeanor, um, his understanding. And, um, you know, he's, he's built to, you know, to handle things and tough things and compete. And, uh, it's just another variation of it. And uh, I guess I, you know, I said, I, I don't know what the words are. So to answer your question is I don't know exactly how to help him and, what the words are, but you're there for him. You let him know how much you care about him, how important he is, uh, you know, to us, including going forward. You know, he's going to be with us. He's going to be in the locker room. He's going to be in timeouts. He's going to be in practices, and he can help us. Um, his energy is infectious, and um, he understands. And, and um, despite how hard it is, um, you know, he's going to be better, stronger going forward. And, um, you know, we got to collect ourselves and get ready to play tomorrow. Throughout this series, I've asked you about like kind of like the little things Dante does, right? Like it, it isn't necessarily the scoring points or, you know, taking like the biggest matchup, but it's kind of all of the glue things. It, is there, you know, some thought that like, hey, you know, Pat, this is spot where you can step in and do those things. PJ, you can do those things like we can create those those glue things through other people. And, and as long as we're giving that effort. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody's just got to keep being themselves. You know, Dante is unique and um, very, very gifted. And um, but, you know, same, same with, you know, Pat has a lot of those same characteristics and qualities and PJ does. And I think Brent's come a long ways on helping us on the board and doing winning plays and winning. Every, everybody, Giannis has got to be making winning plays. You know, Chris, Drew, um, everybody's got to be competing and, and doing those things that I think, you know, is, is one of Dante's strengths. Uh, but anybody that's on the court, um, they've got to embrace that competitive spirit and um, just be themselves. You guys tried Brent in the starting lineup, I think, when Drew was out for a little bit. So he's gotten those reps before kind of with the starting unit. How do you think he grew in those as the season kind of progressed? Yeah, no, I think Brent's, you know, growth and evolution um, has been good. You know, I think whether it be with the starting group or, you know, what we've seen from him, um, you know, off the bench in this series and off the bench most of the year. And, you know, Dante's growth while Drew was out and different things just, you know, they help help mold you and form you and, and get you ready for the playoffs. And, um, you know, all of those experiences, whether it be Brent or anybody, I think, um, you know, has him prepared and has us prepared and ready for, um, you know, moving on, moving forward. Sora Stevenson. Coach, you talked about the fact that like Dante can still help us and just my couple years covering you all, it's clear like whenever somebody's out, they're still active, whether it's on the bench or at practice. How is that something both you expect and the player wants to do and still be there for their teammates despite not being able to be on the floor? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, most most players, they they understand it, they get it. How can I help? How can I, you know, still participate? and you know, the guys have a lot of fun together. You know, I mean, this is this is intense. This is, you know, playoff basketball. Um, there's a lot of work that goes into this. But I think 
Um, our group enjoys being around each other. And so, you know, if, if there's a, a time when you're injured, you know, you still want to be around the guys. You still want to be out there. You want to talk, you want to, you know, help with the game, um, whatever it may be. So, um, you know, I think it's just a good thing, um, generally speaking. Um, you want to stay connected. I think it helps you with your rehab, helps you recover. Um, there's just a lot of good things come from staying connected and staying together. There he is, Mike Bootenholzer, talking a little bit earlier today as the Bucks. Uh, that was after shoot-around today for the Bucks as they get ready for game number four tomorrow, 12.30 tip for that one. And uh, again, Dante DiVincenzo will miss the remainder of the postseason with his injury from last night's game. Uh, are still not wanting to give up exactly how the rotation is going to play out and who's going to do what. Uh, I think a lot of people think it'll be Pat Connaughton inserted into the starting lineup. Dan Plucker uh, mentioned earlier on the Wendy's Big Show, Middleton would make sense and let P.J. Tucker get some run with Giannis uh, and Brooke Lopez. So maybe that's an option that they could go. I think Forbes is too much of a defensive liability to put him out there and let him start. I think you still want his offense off the bench, providing he can stay hot and now go ice cold like he has been through parts of the season. So we'll have to wait and see how that all plays out. Coming up at 3 o'clock, it is the Rami Show, about 20 minutes from right now. Leroy Butler will be in to lead off that show uh, at 3 o'clock. Rami says he's going to be in here the whole hour from 3 until 4. So Rami and Leroy reunited once again like they were back in the day on the Wendy's Big Show. Hey, have you ever thought about becoming your own boss? Well, now is the time. Yes, it is, right? You can drive for a living, drive for a career, Going from point A to point B, picking stuff up and dropping stuff off. That's going to be your turn to go work with, partner with, Young Express. With a stress-free lifestyle, put the windows down, turn up the radio to the Wendy's Big Show, and drive, baby, drive, and get paid for it, too. You can turn it up to the Bart Winkler Show or the Rami Show or post-game show with Tim, whatever. Turn up to the fan. Maybe that's a better way of putting it, right? Why Young Express? Well, they have a 24-7 dispatch team. They're extremely dedicated. Take it very personal to keep drivers moving. Minimal investment in your own vehicle, Young Express, will provide you all the training necessary for you to become a successful transporter of expedited freight. And again, you can control kind of how this all goes. You can drive local, regionally, nationwide. They call it over the road when you're driving all over the country. And again, the longer distances you drive, the more money you're going to make. It pretty much is that simple. 99% no-touch freight. The freight is loaded and offloaded for you, so all you have to worry about is driving. Looking for full-time independent contractors? Join the Young Express team today. You can find them at youngexpress.com. That's J-U-N-G, express.com. Young Express, success drives them. Welcome back. It is Sparky's Midday Madness on a Memorial Day Friday. Yes, sir. Everybody's going to be having a lot of fun this week, and I am sure of it. Now that this rain has pretty much cleared out, I think we'll be good for tonight. And then tomorrow, eyes in about the 50s, right? Mid-50s, somewhere in that area. Uh, with some sun, and then Sunday more sun, uh, around 60 or so, and then early next week, we're talking around 70 every day in sun. So it, it's going to warm up, uh, and it's finally going to be nice outside, uh, maybe here going forward. If you were listening to Wendy's Big Show earlier, man, it was snowing in Wausau earlier today. Snowing. On May 28th, they had snow in Wausau. Be very thankful that we lived down in this part uh, of the state versus uh, up in Wausau. Because that is psychotic, completely psychotic to have snow uh, on May 28th. Uh, coming up here, Rami Makhlouf at 3 o'clock with The Rami Show. And uh, Leroy Butler uh, is going to be in studio to lead off that show. And I'm looking forward to hearing what exactly Rami wants to talk to Leroy Butler about. I'm guessing it's probably the Brewers 
Oh, uh, for sure. Right. And his Lakers, of course. <laughs> Look, I, I, I'm just going to say this. I, they played, I think, as complete of a game as they've played all season long, the Lakers. I jumped the gun I'm in that series. not convinced that they can do this consistently for the rest of the playoffs, uh, but that was definitely the best they've looked. If they can play like that consistently, they may come out of the West, but I just don't know if they can. And I don't know if LeBron and Anthony Davis can stay healthy. And if either one of them gets hurt, they're done. I don't know if I undersold the Lakers or if I oversold the Suns. Chris Paul. Or, or if it was the Chris Paul injury. Yes, and the answer, that's it. The answer is it's probably a little bit of all of that. The Chris Paul injury yeah, is killing him. For I sure. Mean, he's, not, he's not the same But the Lakers definitely prior. look better in like their gelling and reminding us why they won a championship last year. He's still got right? crap surrounding him. I mean, I... Him, Anthony Davis, and you there's, have LeBron it, and Anthony Davis. I know, but that's what I'm saying. But yeah. I mean, if you if you want to go and compare like his surrounding cast and what the Bucks have, Bucks have a much better surrounding cast around Giannis than what the Lakers do around LeBron. Did Marcus Hull get fat? Not even close. No, he's just old, man. Seems like he got a little chunky. You get older, your stomach, uh, you know, it, it tends to get a little bit bigger. Speak for yourself. And once you hit thirty, this guy. Once you hit thirty. When I hit thirty, I got leaner. leaner. That's because you were ahead of the curve. <laughs> that's all. You fair. were just you were ahead of the fair. curve. That's fair. You were ahead of the curve. <laughs> there was there was really only one way to way go. go. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, not really. I mean, you could have <laughs> went the other way and had a TV show, but That's I true. mean, I'm just saying. That's yeah, true. I you could have been on my six hundred pound life. You could have eventually had I your own TV show. Been on my six hundred pound life. That's I don't true. think you would have lived to see six hundred pounds, but eh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to find out. People don't remember uh, that whole situation from earlier days of SSP when when Rami Maklov was Dude, was big, I come across pictures and good God, the video. Oh no, my God, the no, video, the, there's dude, only yeah. the video. The yeah. video that is out there on YouTube. I'm pretty sure it's out there on YouTube. Oh, it is. People send it to me from time Tom to time. They're like, Pippins "Holy crap!" Did a feature story. Well, he's done several feature stories over this course of time on Fox Six on Tim Allen. But there was a feature story done on Tim Allen, and there are so many things about that video I love. Number one, how young Ty is. That's amazing, Tim's son. And then the other amazing part about it is Rami Makhlouf back then in our old That's garbage. probably what, 12, 13 years ago? Easy. In our old garbage studios uh, here at SSP back in the day, in the producer booth, and you see him, you're like, oh, Dude, my, my God. jiggled when I talked. Right, and like I, remember, I remember back in the day telling Rami, Dude, you're going to die. Like... <laughs> You need yeah. to lose some weight. And was, then, and then of course, I've got Gary going, why are you so mean to him for? Why are you so mean? I'm like, I'm not being well, mean. I'm being honest. Like, the dude needs to lose weight, man. There are more delicate approaches to take. Ah. <laughs> Whatever. Point got across. But did that sell Rami on losing weight? No. No. No, it did not. No. No. And instead, we had to come up with $500 between me, happened. Gary, no. and Bernier, Josh no. Bernier. That's what finally that's convinced not, you what convinced to me. do the that whatever what what you called me. it on Fridays where you weighed in and took all your clothes off and stepped that's on the scale. That's not what convinced me, dude. It wasn't the $500? No, it wasn't. What was you it? You guys offered the money after I said I was going to do it. You guys were like, you're not going to do that. I was like, bet. And you, and then that's you guys, what it was. Right. And then you guys put up the money. That's right. What correct. happened was yes. it was my first season where I was doing that ridiculous shift of of producing the afternoon show, driving to Kenosha, coming back in and producing garbage car the post game show in a garbage car. God, that car was. And awful. at the end of the season, oh. I felt like I was going to die because yes. I was so out of shape well, and my, my schedule was so on, ridiculous. Hold on, and I was like, on. I'm not going to make. I can't do this hold again. On, I'm not going to make on. it through another season. Yeah, I either got to find a new job or lose some right. weight. And so but. I said, I'm going to lose weight. And you guys were like, No, you won't. And I was like, Bet. But, but hold on a second. Mm-hmm. What was that? Okay, so first of all, very true. 
Um, it was a stupid schedule for no money. Um, no money whatsoever. And the man came from Kenosha up here, did the big show, then drove back to Kenosha, had dinner with his folks. Walked the dog. Right, walked the dog. Mm-hmm. Then went to another spot in Kenosha to pick up Tim, then drove back here with Tim, mm-hmm. who was, you know, a chimney out the, the one side of the car. <laughs> back here with Tim. Then... You sit up here for God knows how long, extra inning games, whatever else. Uh, then get back in the car, drive back to K-Town mm-hmm. with the chimney, mm-hmm. drop him drop off, him off there home. or at the bar, wherever he was going. Then you then drove back home. But you would always have to stop for the snacks at the end of the night. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. There's now, a speedway what between were, Tim's house and right. my house. What always, were the go-tos? There's always, well, there weren't necessarily go-tos. I mean, there were. Like anything Reese's, like you yeah. had, you would get bags of candy. I would, I would get something salty, something, something with chocolate, and then something that, that was like a chewy, fruity candy, like a twiz- like a Twizzler type. Yeah, all three. Oh, <laughs> doubt. Really? Yeah. I thought I'd it was get, like a bag of M and M's. No, I didn't I'd think get, you were. I'd get like a bag of chips or nuts, something, right? something salty. I got that. And right. then something like a candy bar or a cookie or a so brownie. So like nowadays they have chocolate covered pretzels. So that would have just done it. The chocolate covered pretzels would be good. And then yeah. and then I'd get like a like a Twizzler or a a Juji fruit or a Swedish fish. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Now and I've, then you would go home and watch what? Now I've cut it down to just one of those every night. Then, <laughs> well. Progress. I just pick one. I'm like, it's one or the other, dude. Progress. You're gonna get a salty snack, yeah, 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 yeah. a chocolate, but you're snack, gonna have a snack, or a fruity snack after right. just after dinner. That's right. it. But that's it. We that's all we all have snacks, sure. right? But 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 so hold on here. I want to rewind uh-huh. for a second. So yeah. then you get all of that. Mm-hmm. Mind you, man's been going for hours here, driving multiple times. I would be wrecked and like ready to go to sleep. No, I was all wound this, up. This I, man gives himself more sugar. I needed to go home and unwind and watch some unwind. TV. Unwind? You yeah. just fed yourself <laughs> with enough sugar to kill somebody. I didn't eat it until I got you, home. Right, but still. I ate it when I got home while I was watching TV. But how did you fall asleep after this? I would start this? with this. Oh, dude. I, and coffee? Co- yeah. You were drinking um, coffee and eating sugar. No, the coffee probably. I probably had my last cup of coffee like on the drive home. On the drive up. Okay. So then what were you drinking with all of this candy? Probably just water at that Which point. Is, yeah. Uh, yeah. Still, I don't know how you fell asleep. That's a caffeine lot of sugar. And, caffeine and sugar do not keep me up. They don't have the effect on me that they do most. I have literally fallen asleep mid-cup of coffee. I've fallen asleep <laughs> with a cup of coffee in my hand. Now, the <laughs> it one has thing, no effect on me it, whatsoever. Now, again, for those that don't know, and we've learned this over the course of time with Rami working here, Rami's heart is near death. I mean, pretty much. I mean, what? His, your your heart rate is so slow, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. His heart rate's so slow. Well, that's like, a good thing. Like, the doctor was like, how are they, you even they ran, they ran a battery of tests on me tests. because they said, yeah. they said I have what they call a, a marathon heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you right now, this dude ain't run no damn marathon. Hell no. I'll tell you right Hell now. No. He ain't running a marathon. No, absolutely not. But that's that's what they said. They're like, we only see this this pace of heartbeat in marathon runners. We, we, yeah. And like, okay, we get you're telling us you're in shape, but you're not in that good of shape. Let us run all the tests on you. But they found they found no, nothing, wrong, man. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah, his heart rate is really slow. Now, unlike mine, mine's super high. That's why I keep cool under pressure. Yeah, my oh. heart rate is super high. And Rami's is super low, and that is why it explains a lot of why we don't get along on anything. Yin and yang, man. Yin and yang, Yin and right. Yang. Uh, speaking of which, another person I don't get along with all that much, Leroy Butler, he's going to be starting off the show with you he at is. 3 o'clock. He is going to be starting off the show with me at 3 o'clock. The last time I talked with Leroy Butler, it was before like all 
all hell had broken loose in the Aaron Rodgers melodrama. And he was he was in he was he seemed to be in denial, like just sticking his head in the sand and pretending nothing was wrong and accusing all of us in the media, which he still doesn't admit he's part of, that there was anything going on. He's come around, right? He's 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 well aware that something is definitely well, something's going on here, right? Funny you bring this he up. Can't deny it anymore, can he? Earlier today on the Wendy's Big Show, mm-hmm. um, we were talking about that stupid, stupid Bucks Lust song. Um, Such a good song. Played dude. it. Played it. Going to play that for Leroy all hour long. We, we played it for Leroy today yeah. on the air. First yeah. time it's ever been on the network. Leroy pretty much puked in his mouth and asked me to turn it off. So people, we, we, we turned it off, and then we played Green and Growing, much better song. Then what? we played. The Buck song "Going Bonkers," which is amazing. The what? You haven't heard that one? No. Hey, Plucker, pull that up. I already sh- signed off my computer. Pull it's up. It's not the- better than Buck's Lust, man. Oh, don't, don't try. Don't yes, try. Yes, it is. Yes, it don't is. Don't try and yes, derail the Buck's it's Lust. It's a 2019 song, so some of the names are a little bit a little like Malcolm Brogdon. It's way better. They got that old guys' Buck's names in it. Guys, well, it's 2019. It's a 2019 version. Yeah, that's why you make There's it timeless, a- like the brilliant genius Eddie J. Lemberger did with Buck's Lust. That song was great in the 40s or 50s. I bet the one he made in 2021. I think in again, 40s or 50s, again, I'm sure. Was great. Like I keep telling Horrible. you, that thing slapped. Either way, slapped but and, I, I don't even know what that means. But either way, and it slapped, lost. But either way, as I told you earlier, um, we were talking about that stupid song, and, and I, I, calling it stupid. I, I told Leroy he's got Rogers lust. He's got a little bit of Rogers lust. Here, here is going go, going bonkers. Right, that's the name Rogers of the song. Plucker, going. Yeah, yeah, he's got Rogers going lust. Bonkers. Yeah. Oh. He should make a song. Rogers lust. Melvin I, James. Credit to Melvin James. Melvin James going bonkers. Now this is much better than that stuff you've been playing. Go ahead. Play. The deer. The go, deer. Bucks, go. go, Bucks, go. Let's go. A little step back. And he Cleveland. Lopez. Get on anymore. We going bonkers, that's right, we totally know. We going bonkers, for the Milwaukee Bucks We going bonkers, yeah, we true to the game B-U-C-K-S, you know the name We going bonkers, Bucks go, Bucks go We going bonkers, Bucks go, Bucks go We going bonkers, yeah, we true to the game B-U-C-K-S, you know the name We are the future, but we here, right now I can't get into it. I'm sorry. I'm not feeling it. And you know, you know, I like rap and hip hop. I'm a rap and hip hop guy. It's all I listen to. I just don't. I don't feel this. Can you can, just play the box list? That is awful. Just go to the Rami. Go you to the got Rami and four Tim minutes, page. You can play that trash go, on your go show. Go to the Rami and Tim page. No, I have it on my page. Okay, and just give me a just give me a little bit of box. That versus this. Oh man, like this just pulls you right in, Sparky. To this what? Pulls you right in. It's sexy, dude. Sexy. It's sexy. Yeah, I feel that. I love my Milwaukee Bucks. That's eh, awful. Eh, come on, dude. It's awful. It slaps so hard. Yeah, Leroy doesn't oh like it. God. I don't like it. I'm pretty sure Gary Leroy was could... here. Gary's already sick, so I don't want Gary to listen to it until he feels better. Oh, Gary hasn't heard it? Gary's been Gary sick. Gary will love it. I don't know if he's heard it or not. He may have heard it on your show or Bart show. Leroy had not heard it until I played it on the network today. Gary will love it for sure. Because he's that's old? Right, no, that's Is right that what you're Gary's thinking? Because Gary has, Gary has taste. You That's think? why. Yeah, Gary has taste. Uh, He's going to like that one. Okay. That's going to take we'll Gary find back out. to his disco days. 
That's going to take Gary back. Like I said, because he's old. That's why you think he's going to like it. But it's sexy, though, dude. Oh, it's horrible. It's sexy for like a nursing home vibe. It hooks you right in. The other one is good. It's fine. but If you played this at like a nursing home, man, they get down. Like They really like it. Like I I told Eddie J. Lemberger when he joined us live, me and Bart last week, he should be on stage out in in the uh, Deer District. Yeah, you could have a seniors' night. Be a great <laughs> seniors' night, to, little tribute, right? Like tonight, for instance. No. There's nothing going on tonight. Game night. Have seniors' night Game out night. there in the Fear of the Deer Plaza. Let him play his polka and let these old it's timers. Polka. Let these old timers it's dance. It's not polka. It's far from polka. I'm sure he does polka too. If it was too. polka, you'd like it. He does polka. Maybe he does. I'm but sure he does. That's not polka. No, that's not polka. No, no, he spiced it up for you. Mm-hmm. But, but uh, it's still not. Give good. me that sweet, sweet bucks. All right. So mm. besides Leroy, which we're all going to be so listening for, be here for the whole first hour. And I tweeted this out earlier. Every I know this happens to you guys, too. Whenever you talk about Aaron Rodgers, people are like, why don't you talk about actual football? Not but really. No, it doesn't happen no. to me all the time. So I said, for talk about actual football guy, send me your football questions for Leroy Butler. We'll get those in the first hour as well. You can tweet oh. them at Rami's tweeting at 1250 AM, the fan four o'clock good. hour. What's in, a wide receiver do? Get into some Bucks talk. Sparky, do you think this is more about the Bucks being better or more about the Heat being worse? Why is this series so lopsided and different than what we saw last year? Uh, Bucks being better more than Heat not being as good. Obviously, not even Jay Crowder is killing this Heat team right now. That's part of it. But the Bucks' physicality is off the charts uh, way better. The rebounding uh, is way better than it was last year. And a lot of that has to do with changes schematically. Uh, that again, as as Leroy will tell you, when he comes on at three o'clock, when you bring in these new assistants like Mike Dunlap uh, and Oppenheimer and those guys, you know, when you bring in these new changes, uh, to, to schematically, offense and defensively, they deserve a lot of credit for bringing some of those changes in. And Putin also deserves credit too because he obviously has to implement whatever it is that they decided to do. So they all deserve credit. And uh, so we'll talk about that with Bucks fans. Four o'clock. Dave DeFore. Covers the NBA for the Athletic. He's going to join me at 4:30. Ryan the Hammer Horvat. I'm sure he has Bucks thoughts and uh, ways for you to make money over the weekend. He's going to join me at 4:45, and then, as always, pick a lane at five o'clock, where we'll give you a chance to chime in on all that stuff. Hmm. Make a good show. It's a jam-packed show. Yeah, I'm looking forward it's a to Friday it. too. And it's a Memorial Day weekend. I got Bucks lust. What do you got going on Memorial Day? I might have a cookout on Sunday. Yeah, I am, invite Eddie. I am at the. Uh, at I the, heard your Facebook friends now. I'm at, I am. At, I am Facebook friends. You should Eddie. have Eddie over and perform in your backyard. I'm at the Laughing Tap on Sunday. Normally, I'd say go and get your tickets. LaughingTap.com. By blah, the blah, way, blah. You're, you're so sad. It's sold you out. You promoted that on your score show in Chicago last Sunday. You I was asked. It. You're so sad. I was asked. Sad, really. I was asked, when are you getting sad. back to stand up comedy? Sad. And, and you, I answered the question. You really should have at that point said, "Look, I'm at the Laughing Tap in Milwaukee. I'd love to do a spot." somewhere here in Chicago, somebody will have me, and you missed that opportunity. I wasn't soliciting for spots. I was asked when I would be on again, and I told them when I'd be on again. By the way, I have a show on June 3rd as well. Check my social media for that coming up. I don't have the details just yet. Well, then how can anybody else have the details if you don't? (sighs) Hold on. You you have the details. You're just too lazy to I look them up. They weren't sent to me. I just saw the fits because you I wor- weren't sent to you because comedians. You in somebody's basement? Just hear me out, man. Comedians, we're not the most responsible bunch. He ain't kidding about that. So my friend asked me if I wanted to do the show. He didn't tell me where. I was like, yeah, man, stand up comedy. I'll be there. And then he didn't send me the event page or anything. I'm just surfing Facebook, and I found it. Okay, it's the Kitchen Comedy Show. It's at the Fringe, Milwaukee, June 3rd at uh, 7:30. And uh, details on my Facebook page coming here soon. 
Good job. Way to, way to help your friend out doing his job. Kitchen comedy show at the Fringe. What does MKE. that mean? Like you're going to be eating food or cooking while doing comedy? Um, it's now that. Now, see, I'll be honest here now, right? I mean, Leroy thinks he's funny, but he's really not. You want me to read you but, the event L- hold on. description? Leroy, Leroy, very good cook, more than he is funny. You, on the other hand, funny and good cook. I do it so all. So you could, man. you could. Like, cook up a good meal, still do stand-up while cooking, and be very entertaining. However, I do not believe the rest of your comic friends could pull it off. Kitchen Comedy Show. Come check out a hilarious comedy show featuring some of the area's top local stand-up comedians. That's me. In one of Milwaukee's coolest event spaces, the show is located at The Fringe MKE and will be held Thursday, June 3rd. Doors open what? at 7.30. Why is it called The Kitchen? I don't know, man. I don't know. I just go. They tell me, come tell jokes. We'll give you money. I like that idea, though, I that I there. just came up with. What's that? You, you do stand-up comedy while cooking a dessert or something for the for the audience. I don't see any food involved in yeah, this. Yeah, I mm. think that's. A, I think that that there is a winner. It's you'd free, get even. You'd get even more people to come. So, like, if you have one comic doing like the appetizers, right? They cook it up, and then they give out the appetizers. Second comic comes up. They do the the main course. Hand it out. Third comic comes up. They do the dessert. Hand it out. The fourth guy comes up hammered and talks during the dessert, and that's that's the show. I don't like doing stand-up while people are eating. I'll do it, but I don't like it. While you're cooking, though. That's the tricky part. While I'm cooking. You're cooking and doing stand-up at the same time. It's not free. I said it's free. $10 is the price of admission, but free drinks, beer, and seltzers. So come on out to uh, the Fringe, MKE. Next Tuesday, Thursday. But you're at the Happy Tap before that. And Laughing Tap on Sunday. But that show's sold out already. That show is sold out. Sold out. Sold out. Full house on Sunday afternoon. Who's the headliner? Nate Craig. He's been on HBO. Oh. All the late night shows. Nice. Yeah. Really funny, dude. Nate Craig. Nate Craig. Hilarious, dude. Hmm. And some friends of mine who are hilarious as well. Eric Smith, Tyler Menz, a couple local comics, Dana Ehrman. All hilarious people. I haven't done stand up in a while. I can't promise you. You anything. got booed off the stage last time. You I didn't did, get didn't booed. You? It was just silence. <laughs> horrible. Right. Yeah, you suck. I mean, I, I mean, it's okay that you suck. It happens. That's the nice thing about radio. When you suck on the radio, you don't know. <laughs> you don't know. You it. have no idea. <laughs> you know. Boy. You know. Boy, do you know in stand up? And that's why I say, man, I give you all the credit in the world and anybody else that does stand up comedy because that is immediate reaction and you know if you're good or bad. Like, there's no way. You gotta be I okay. Couldn't do it. You gotta be okay with awkward silence. Yeah, I couldn't do it. There's no chance. I mean, I mean, it's bad enough when you get awkward silence from Bart Winkler when you ask him why he doesn't know what's happening at the Brewers game like yesterday. I still have no idea what was going on with him at the Brewers game. But he showed up for work today, so I'm happy. That's all you can ask for. Yeah, I, yeah, he showed up, so I'm happy. Rami Makhlouf with Leroy Butler coming up next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law.